0: Welcome to Chief Evangelist. I'm your host, Ethan Butte. I'm on a mission to explore and understand the role of the Chief Evangelist and the movement behind it. How should founders, investors, and C-suites be thinking about it? How does it benefit the company? Which companies and markets need evangelism most? What does the work involve? What does success look like? And who's a good fit as a Chief Evangelist? That's what we're exploring at ChiefEvangelist.com and in conversations like this one, which is brought to you by ringmaster conversational marketing and their evangelist powered podcasting package. Learn more at ringmaster.com. Today, we're talking evangelist as entrepreneur with a German pub owner turned California business efficiency consultant. She's a contributor to Social Media Examiner and a content creator for Minerva. She's a brand ambassador for Agora Pulse and a startup evangelist for ClickUp. Yvonne Hyman, welcome to Chief Evangelist.
1: Thanks so much for having me. God, that sounds like I've done a lot of things, doesn't it?
0: Uh, No, it sounds like you're doing a lot of things right now. You have done a lot of things. You're doing a lot of things right now. (laughs) Plus, writing a book and
1: running a business. Yeah, I, I def, life definitely never gets bored.
0: Yeah, so we are definitely going to get into the book project because it's in the context of your mm-hmm. in, it's in the context of your evangelist role, um, and we're going to kind of get in there through the standard uh, opener here, which is, what do you think, Yvonne, is the most important job or the most important role of an evangelist?
1: To me. Uh, and evangelist is the face of the company it's the uh, public persona it's like um what's her name flow at progressive where and i know we're going to go deeper into this that can be a good and a bad thing it's to me it's it's the public personification of the brand that's to me
0: Yeah, Love it. I've used similar language um, in talking about the importance of having this. And it's this this idea of a human expression Mm -hmm. or a human embodiment of the values, the passion, the teachings, the learnings, the practicing, etc. It's like there's something about in addition to all the other things we make and distribute, um, all the ads we run, all the content we make, the idea that there's a human embodiment of it, I think is super powerful. Talk about, just because you already hinted at it, talk about the pros and cons of that.
1: Yeah. And it's like, that's also when, when brands make their decision with evangelists, where, where you need to pay attention to. To me from the customer side, an evangelist is is my personal connection to the brand. It's past just getting support. It's getting additional education. It's, it's Getting to connect to the person of the brand, it's that building that relationship, not just with a logo on the wall, but with an actual person. Now, the same thinking about that as the brand to potentially hire an evangelist, you need to make sure that person as a person aligns with your brands, aligns with your values, aligns with your goals, because that person is going to be becoming the public face of your company. Now, that can happen with partners, that can happen with affiliates. Um, But that commitment is different. You as a brand can be like, cool, affiliate, brand ambassador, nah, you might not be quite Aligned with us, but you are, you are quote, only a brand ambassador. It's all good. The moment you become an evangelist, that also changes. And that's where our conversation comes in with okay, brand evangelist as an employee versus brand evangelist as a 1099, because we both are on a different page on this one. You as a full-on employee, me as a 1099, where all of this comes in. So if you, if your audience wants to be a brand evangelist, if a brand wants to be an evangelist, there's a lot of things that you really should play through and make sure they align. Because it's not, ju- in my opinion, it's not just another employee. It's not just a support associate. It's not just a sales agent. They personify your company?
0: Okay. So lots of, (laughs) lots of directions (laughs) I could go there because there's a lot in there. So I guess Mm -hmm. I'll start with the one that's immediate. And then I'll, maybe if I remember, I'll go into a more interesting um, or or an interesting pushback I've heard related to the direction you just went. Um, But what I heard you introduce is some level of hierarchy approximately with like affiliate brand ambassador, yeah. brand evangelist. Talk to me about kind of your own experience or perspective where you developed that. And, and A, did I hear that right? And B, mm-hmm. um, kind of just give a little bit more um, explanation to that 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 tiering of levels of engagement or levels of representation, or I guess maybe we could think about it, concentric circles related to like the core essence of the brand and the mm-hmm. evangelist is at the middle. And then it kind of like layers out just talk about how you develop that hierarchy and um in a couple of ways people might think about that.
1: Yeah. So to me, in how I see the things, it starts at the bottom where it's it's an affiliate link. It's it's affiliate partner, affiliate links that you are sharing. It's that's the the bottom of that of that ladder you can walk up if you don't just jump right up into evangelist, where I'm affiliate of a lot of tools. I work with a lot of digital entrepreneurs. I use a lot of online tools. The moment I am happy with a company, I grab an affiliate link. Now... Affiliate marketing is not my main income. There is people out there that have affiliate marketing as their core income. They are handling this completely different and not the kind of affiliate that I'm talking about. With me personally, when I share an affiliate link, I trust that company already. I have a name out there. I have people that are trusting me there is a specific level for me and a company in in support, in reliability, and offers that the company needs to bring for me to do an affiliate link. Or I'm literally just going to be like, hey, you can use the tool, it does the job, but I'm not going to even go to the point of sending over an affiliate link. That's my own because I care a lot about my reputation and things that I recommend. Now, a lot working in that affiliate space and working with a lot of different brands i have reached with some of them that brand ambassador level for example go upholds i have been working with go upholds oh my god i need to say a lie 3 4 years um their head of partnership mike alten i know him back from the google plus days so you can imagine how long that was ago and where that brand partnership comes in and why that to me is another level is because I am getting different access to the company. I am potentially getting to beta test tools. I am giving feedback to developers. I am involved both ways helping the company become better but also getting information before everybody else does potentially doing some brand deals and helping them with promotion getting paid for posts all that kind of stuff so there is usually some more cash involved than in an affiliate but not as much as when you go to that position of brand evangelist and honestly that's kind of how I actually became ClickUp's brand evangelist I went through the process of finding the tool loving it sharing the affiliate link going into a brand deal and suddenly I kind of like just oh so I'm what what I've been doing is brand up startup evangelist kind of thing isn't it yep it is and suddenly I was a startup evangelist for ClickUp
0: Okay, we're gonna go deeper into that, but I want to stay here with this idea of face of the brand, face mm-hmm. of the company. Um, and thank you for that walkthrough, by the way. I think it's gonna be helpful for people, um, especially that line between affiliate and ambassador. Mm-hmm. Um, and we could probably spend a lot of time there, but that's not the purpose of this conversation, mm-hmm. so I don't know that we'll go too much deeper there. But um, you know, one of the one of the pieces I push of of pushback that I heard. Um, from a friend of mine who was working in toward an evangelist position. Um, and this was part of the proposal was like, you know, a, a public face of the company. Some of the pushback was, Well, yeah, but what about the CEO? What about the founder? What about, you know, uh, some of the top salespeople? And it was like, so it's this idea of, you know, and and to me, it felt like a completely irrational fear or objection, like, of course. If the CEO wants to be public facing or a founder or somebody else, and they want to publish things and they want to maybe take a stage or serve on a panel or do some of these other things, um, even guest or host on podcasts or whatever, um, this is just amplifying it and creating some freedom in the organization to move across sales, marketing, customer success, Outside the organization. said the evangelist is a different role. But talk to me about that. Like, I guess I'm going to put it in a phrase I've never heard before, but I think it'll make sense. Share of face. Like, you know, to speak to me about this object, like relative to your experience, what how valid do you think this concern around a share of faces will like now? Nah, I have to fade to the background. It's just Ivan that's going to do this. No,
1: no, completely not. Um, to me, first of all. I don't think the CEO should be the brand evangelist. It's it's a different perception. It's a different how you're stepping out there. And it doesn't mean the CEO cannot go out, have fun, go on podcasts and go on stages. They are the CEO. They are the company. It's, it's, it's not a trade-off. It's You are already in that position. Whereas... The brand evangelist, in my opinion, first of all, if it personally doesn't align, should also not be a sales agent. Salespeople are built to sale. As a brand evangelist, your first goal is not sales. Your first goal is not bringing money in, which means it's not a sales position. And yes, a lot of brands that are still in the old way of doing sales might be like whoa whoa whoa, whoa 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 hold on a second i'm supposed to pay somebody to promote but not sell correct because you are building brand loyalty i don't need to go out there and be like go buy clickup go buy clickup go buy clickup go buy click up let the sales people do that they are way better at that I am getting people in the door in every single conversation I have by the passion I have for the tools that I work with, by educating the tools. I am lowering the churn rate like nobody else because I am coming at it from an outsider position. I am still working as a ClickUp vetted consultant too. I am running my own business I am running into use cases of the tool that chances are even internally sales or support might not have even seen. I am coming at talking about the tool, promoting the tool, and educating the tool from the position as everybody else out there, which means I am building different relationships. It also means I can easily do cross promotions. Now I'm connected with Minerva, I'm connected with ClickUp. Guess what happened about, I need to say a lie, it was probably a beginning of the year. Yeah, I think we launched that beginning of the year where Minerva and ClickUp teamed up of using Minerva to have a visual how-to guide in the browser of how to do things on ClickUp. Now guess who the person in between was? So as a brand evangelist, I have way more possibilities and way more freedom to do things simply because I am going for education. I am going for that connection between user and the tool and building that brand loyalty. And I am not paid based on having to meet a sales goal. If you have to meet a sales goal, now you are suddenly in that aspect again of being a salesperson, which let's be honest, if you are really good at your job, those sales calls are not a bad thing. If you are more of a, I'm building a relationship, I'm not going to push you for the sale, that sales goal might actually hurt somebody. Yeah,
0: Yeah. And, and that was great. And you're also not carrying the burden of running the company as a CEO yes. is, right? Uh, so, um, yeah. So we no, don't even we don't even need, need to beat that up. But like, I don't know. I'm gonna go this direction first. Um, you mentioned some of the activities that you do, but with like in the context of being a, and you have multiple roles and they bleed into each other. Mm-hmm probably quite a bit. Um, And I really want to get into that as we get into like the benefit of being someone outside the company. You've already given hints of it, but where I want to go first is in the context of your role as a brand evangelist for ClickUp, what are some of your primary activities, channels, like in terms of things you do, because people wonder, I'm sure they've asked you, they definitely asked me, they've asked everyone else I talk to that has evangelist in their title, like, what do you do? So I'm just going to point that to you. What do you do when you're performing as a brand evangelist?
1: In in my unique position, um, because again, I am at 1099 with ClickUp. I'm not a full-on employee. I have my own business. ClickUp is a huge part of my own business, which means my YouTube channel, at least 75% of the content on there is ClickUp. When I go to conferences believe it, the business jacket that I'm wearing has click-up stitched on the back. Um, it is a constant companion in conversations. If this is, for example, I unluckily got sick, but we had a plan to help StreamYard with one of their challenges they had running for people that are starting to get into live streaming and learn live streaming. Now I have a full on process for live streamers in ClickUp. The whole process laid out, the whole workflow laid out, the whole template laid out. So now suddenly I'm becoming again, that face for ClickUp in the StreamYard community, teaching them how to run their processes as a live streamer, giving them ClickUp resources and being, again, that face and that voice that brings ClickUp in not as the uh, end all, be all. You need to buy ClickUp now and then the how-to, but rather, hey, here's how we can make your life easier. This is what you need to pay attention to. And yes, we have something ready for you to go in ClickUp. So it is, it's ingrained in everything I do pretty much. Not just pretty much it is ingrained in everything I do.
0: Yeah, really good. And you open and close with that same kind of message. Mm-hmm. Um, really good run through. I really appreciate it and this idea of um this is true of most evangelists. I mean where, where you just ended there was if you have this problem, if you're facing this challenge, if you have this opportunity, um, you might be thinking about it this way, this way, or this way. I did the same thing in my own business and I went in this direction and here's how I did it. and it just happens that clickup is the solution.
1: Yeah. And I think for everybody that is trying to wrap their head around, okay, I I got an offer as an evangelist or I want to do this for this company. How does that look like? Between you and the brand, you're going to make it look what you want it to look like. Is it going to be YouTube videos and promoting? Is it going to be on stage and being a sponsored speaker? Um, is it educating, is it collaboration, is it doing podcasts for the brands, is it blog posts, it doesn't matter. What works for the company in marketing, pull off of that, what are you having fun with, what do you like doing, what are you great at, and you are literally outlining that position in combination with your brand. Or if you were pitching, You need to do that specific research and give them the pitch accordingly on how you fit in there. I don't think for an evangelist, there is a be all job description that you can just copy and paste for everything because an Apple brand evangelist is going to look different than ClickUp is going to look different than BombBomb is going to look different than JCPenney. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I want to meet the J C Penney brand evangelist.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't Good. even know how J C yeah, popped yeah. in there, Good but luck. I want to. It's, it's there so is funny. They are brand yeah. ambassadors for brick and mortar stores, so J C Penney maybe not, but you yeah. can go the Old Navy, that kind of. So it, it it there is no limitations when it comes to that job of evangelist. You just need to hope that the company you want to work with is open to hearing you, especially a lot of companies that are still run more of the traditional style. They're going to give you the raised raised eyebrow and be like, evangelist, what?
0: Yeah. And it's probably not just the title. It's the idea that we're going to make this investment and I can't Mm -hmm. see plain as day direct attribution to revenue? Like, what do you think about that dynamic? I mean, obviously with an affiliate, those are almost exclusively pay for performance. And that's why it's such a win-win, especially on the company side is I only pay you when you bring, when revenue is closed. Obviously that gets a little more distant with ambassador and even more distant with evangelist. Talk a little bit about, um, your thoughts or experience around, um, direct revenue attribution or ROI. I mean, it ta- and, and I, the, what triggered me down that line of uh, thought and questioning is, you know you' you're drawing the line of like a more traditional company versus a more um, generically speaking modern company that's a little bit more faithful um, or is willing to more take that leap of faith that this does feel like the right thing and we know it's going to pay off. Um, I think that is a little bit more of a um, a modern perspective. So speak to that however you wish.
1: So Mike Alton with Agorapulse, who's running the partner program over there, uh, I have I have talked with him a lot because, again, we are running into that issue of, okay, what's the ROI of what we are doing? You can't just track things. Do I have an affiliate link for ClickUp2 and can we track the coupon code? Sure. But nobody is going to plug that in when I'm talking with them right off of stage. When I'm talking on a podcast, it's like... There is more happening than what we actually can track. So yes, correct. There, there is that trouble that comes in at the position of evangelist. And where he took it and where we will grow on that is you are not looking at a direct ROI. The numbers you are looking at, first of all, it's a long-term investment. It's not a quick, you are running an ad and you see the numbers go. So this is over a long period of time that you're looking at numbers. And you are looking at numbers like brand recognition. You are looking at numbers like churn rate. You are looking at those big picture numbers rather than how many people have clicked on an affiliate link. Because an evangelist um, position and strategy to me is a brand recognition strategy. It's a market share strategy. It's not a how many clicks are you getting on your affiliate link strategy and that's where we are looking at and then listening to conversations you are going to be able to track how well your evangelist is being able to integrate themselves into those specific niches and into those specific conversations simply by getting mentioned um where suddenly I pop into my partner contact over at ClickUp and I'm like, hey, this brand wants to work something. This wants to work something out. And there's a challenge coming up. And suddenly my value is not even just the brand recognition, but it's the connections that I'm sharing with the brand. And now suddenly you don't just have some classes and some blog posts. Now you are suddenly tapping into somebody else's market and you are sharing their brand loyalty, and their brand recognition to your brand.
0: Yeah, so good. I mean, that inside out, outside in. I mean, when you became brand ambassador, it was this idea that I'm getting access to newer, better information Mm -hmm. that I can bring out to the market, a benefit to the company. And you're also bringing, and you just shared this, um, unique market insights back and opportunities back into the organization. So um, for anyone who has missed it, Yvonne is not a direct employee of ClickUp. She was a contract employee. So I want to get that story. Now you've already kind of teed it up. I feel like you've kind of laid the course, but like in terms of, you know, to the degree you want to go into any detail, you've you've alluded to it in two different ways. One is this progression um, from, you mm-hmm. know, from ambassador to evangelist and kind of the differences in, in the work. You're also doing some consulting, which adds a layer of, of interest and complexity. And you've also mentioned that You can make this relationship look like whatever you want to do that the company needs and wants. And so, you know, just color in anything. You've done a really nice sketch, but like color that in however you like with as much detail as you like. Um, How long was this process from? Gosh, I like this tool too. I am a brand evangelist. And um, and then we'll kind of get into some of the nuance of, uh, and, and how do you come to terms maybe? And um, then we'll maybe get into some of the details of the advantages and disadvantages of this arrangement, especially for people thinking about Uh, looking at their partner programs and saying, who are our best people? And might it make sense to enhance our relationship and make them an evangelist or someone else who's thinking, oh, I didn't know I didn't have to be a direct employee to do this. Like, we'll get into that in a minute. But first, kind of like color in your sketch.
1: Um, Yeah, as I mentioned, it's I had found ClickUp. Oh, my God. And that was by now, is it probably already four years ago, three and a half, something, something around that. had found them when they were a company of maybe 20, 50 people. It was tiny. It was before the first big push and people knew about it, before all the serious funding, all of the things. And I don't even know how it came about. I'm like, I think I literally just popped into customer support chat and I'm like, guys, I need an affiliate link. I started out with a UTM link as an affiliate link. My workspace in ClickUp is like five or seven digits, and now it's 12. So that's how long I have been around with them. And I've always had open conversation with them. Um, I can email ZEP whenever I want to. Wes likes to be more behind the scenes um, in, in the tech and all of it. The moment I moved to San Diego, I was in the office and I'm like, hey, guys. And that was still the, the OG team where everybody in the office recognized me. And it just grew from there because I am so invested in the tool and I love the tool so much when the development team reaches out and is like, Hey, we need some feedback. I'm like, did you just ask the German for some feedback? You know, she will not stop talking, right? It's something I love. It's something it's like my developers know I break the unbreakable. So I'm the perfect beta tester. And I over the years, simply started to have my fingers and my involvement in every single silo in that company. I have, a, even at this size of ClickUp now. I can email Zap as fast as I want to and expect pretty much an email back within 48 hours. I have my people in Dev Team. I have my people in social media where I have a couple of friends in every single department of the company. And it literally just grew to the point where I'm like, hey, guys, we are doing this. And what do you think about that? And I literally just pitched things to them to do and that's how that relationship kept growing. And at some point, Zepp and I were sitting there and it's like, what are you doing? You are ClickUp startup evangelist. And I, and then suddenly we got the title to all the things that I already was doing. How that all came about, we completely forgot the whole, I completely forgot the whole 1099 versus employee. It's, that is a personal with me. Zepp at some point had reached out and is like, hey, don't you want to work for ClickUp? I'm like, nope. I love you guys. I know what a startup company takes, the time commitment, the energy commitment. I am not in a position that I want to give up my own business and I would need to give up my own business to be able to give you all the things you deserve for me as an employee. And... I definitely would have had stock options at that point. So I might regret that here at some point, but it's, it's my personal value that was like, I've been self-employed for the last, I don't even know. I would age myself at this point, probably at least 20 years. Um, It also brings certain boundaries with itself being an employee of that company where I tested something on YouTube. ClickUp didn't necessarily like it. It was a little bit edgy on the thumbnail that I used. They reached out to me. They asked me to take it down. I did take it down because I completely understood where they were coming from. But in my position, first of all, yeah, you can, it's a 1099. You can, you could fire me at any given point, but it's not as much a risk as if I'm an employee where I can play with things, I can test things on YouTube, I can test things on messaging without having to go through 5-10 different potential layers of management. It is more of a freedom with me being a 1099 and having that distance between the brand ClickUp and me and that that distance is known public. Yeah, I'm the ClickUp girl. Yes, I'm the startup evangelist. But everybody knows I am not an employee of ClickUp, and it's it's just that balancing act of what I can do, what I can test. I'm still not gonna go crazy because I am associate. I am representing ClickUp, but it's. To me, it's a little bit more fun and a little bit more edgy what I can do than if I would be an employee.
0: Hey, thanks for listening to Chief Evangelist. For so many reasons, podcasting is a great opportunity and channel for evangelism. If you've been thinking about a podcast or you want to shift production and promotion to a team that's especially evangelist-friendly, check out Ringmaster.com. Their Connect Engage Scale program is designed for evangelist-powered podcasting for software and tech companies in the growth stage. Again, you can learn more at Ringmaster.com. They're also the team behind this podcast. Speaking of Chief Evangelist, let's get back to it. Yeah, so good. Do you... Um Okay. I have so many questions around this. First though, I want to acknowledge a couple key things that you shared that are consistent. And I'm, I'm doing this primarily for the benefit of someone thinking about like, so maybe I don't have to hire someone inside. Like you knew the product, you mm-hmm. love the product. Mm-hmm. You knew the people, you mm-hmm. love the people. They mm-hmm. knew you, they loved mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. You had already done a bunch of stuff with them. There's a high level of trust. Obviously there's open communication. You're receptive to their feedback. Um, so this, I mean, that's, those things all need to be true of an evangelist, yeah. no matter how the employment piece is structured. And so I'm now seeing your 1099 status more consistent with your description of the nature of the work. Like, what do I want to do? What works for me? What works for the company? It's the same thing in this scenario. They would maybe have preferred you to be a direct employee, but it, but they knew and liked you enough and your passion was demonstrated enough and your capability was demonstrated enough they're like well we don't we don't need to have that if we don't need to have that so um Anything about the dynamic that you um, that you think is a a drawback for you? I mean, I think you have you've already described you have access to all the teams, but you're not beholden to any of the internal processes. So you can do things kind of at your own pace. Like, um, are, are there any drawbacks to the structure for you from your perspective? Or is this like exactly what you want?
1: It's there are some drawbacks. Don't get me wrong. So besides the stock uh,
0: options, we'll set those back on the side again.
1: God, those stock options are going to bite my booty at some point. I yeah, yep. But I'm good. I'm building. I'm building my own. I'm going to build my own stock options. Um. Other than that, what can be a drawback is simply based in how startups grow, the mentality that comes with it, the struggles that comes with it where i am one of the ogs There have people that left the company and came back there is hundreds and hundreds of new people in the company where it's like okay i am not just a vetted consultant i am not just a partner i am not just a youtuber talking about you i've been here about three times the amount of time you were working here so it's this i'm your startup evangelist um can, can we take the red band off and all of this internal communications that is getting stuck somewhere? So that for somebody like me that just likes to get things done, I do try to follow the hierarchy and the company levels as they are. I don't like to step above people, but with, again, it's a startup mentality. We all know how crazy that can get. You have people turn over, you are figuring out now you don't have communication between 50 people. Now you suddenly have 5,000 people that need to communicate. There is struggles that come with it. There is learning that comes with it. And me being in my own business, in a fairly simple business, it can be strugglesome where I'm like, come on, really, we need to go to the next level for approval. And there were in in the whole time of these three four years of doing this, there were just a couple of times where I'm like, okay, I'm bringing Zep in. I literally just emailed him. I'm like, we have this stuck here somewhere. You are you are high up. You see all the moving pieces. What do we need to do to get this done? Um, but again, I try to not do that. I want to follow the hierarchy. I don't want to step over somebody. But yeah, at some point I'm pulling the plug and I'm like, okay, let's just get this done here. This is why I'm here because I can step past all of this. Let's get this done. Um, As well as when I'm now suddenly working with somebody new because a new uh, department was developed where I'm having a pitch and I'm having to go through of this is who I am. This is how long I've been around. This is where I have my fingers in. To, to build that relationship, to make sure they understand I'm not just somebody that walked in the door and wants money from them. Um, just because, again, of the, uh, the way we are working with each other, with me as the chief evangelist, with, with all kinds of pieces that I got my fingers in, not just publicly outward, where it's like, the guy I had the perfect connection with just moved up a position and his position got with a new person. Now I have to rebuild that. If I would be internal and an employee, that would be easier because I would be in all of that internal communication. I would know when things are happening. I am not, because again, I'm a 1099. I have no business being in all of their business because I am not an employee, um however even when we run into struggles like that somebody always pops up and is and even new people are always friendly we are always figuring it out it can just get tiresome again for somebody like me that works in a company with my company that is an and next to next to click where it's like okay some to get something done it sometimes takes way longer than it would be in my own business and I am impatient.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine, I can imagine the challenge of trying to reestablish your um your credibility, your depth of commitment, your um, you know, relative authority in terms of the product, the market, it's and your depth of intimacy with it. I can imagine how frustrating that is. Um, you've already alluded to it a little bit, but um again, for people thinking about the line between um d- direct and contract, um how, how do you report in, like, in terms of, like, work pieces that you're deliver Like, how, how do you, how do you plug into the order? Like, how, like, do you let them know what you intend to do? Um, do you take assignments? Um, how, how does that reporting and function go? And, for, and then just from a technical level, um, do you have a company email address? Or are you in the company Slack instance? Like, how deep in are you versus how far out are you?
1: Um I would say I'm probably more out than in. So again I have multiple points of contact simply because in how I work as the startup evangelist of ClickUp I am doing a whole bunch of different things. Um I have a cut down Slack access to specific um areas and channels and when it's it's a give and take, meaning if partnership has something they want to promote, if partnership has something that's coming up, they are reaching out to me and are like, hey, what can we do? What do you want to do? And same the other way around where it's like, hey, guys, did you know this conference is happening? Do you know this challenge is happening? Do you know something is happening over there where it's just a constant communication uh, for and back? where we exchange of, Hey, what, what can we do with this? And then, um, outside of that with ClickUp is launching their 3.0 version thinking yes that is public knowledge end of the year beginning of next so qq4 q1 somewhere in there they are publicly showcasing it on their level up conference so by february it's going to be there um with that i am also in conversation with the product team i just had a call today where they're like here this is what we are thinking this is the beta we are testing right now what's the expected user behavior when you see this? We found a couple of things where I'm like, that's not what I think it is. But also being able to give feedback based on having a long list of clients and different clients and YouTube viewers that are commenting back, knowing all the use cases, knowing how they think and use the tool that I can relay back to developers because I'm definitely getting different experiences and different feedback than regular customer support would get or that a, a research form tracking would get because I am in the weeds with my clients. So yeah, okay. it's, it's a constant give and take. It's a constant communication and conversation.
0: Yeah, one more kind of technical question or, or like detail question before we get to the book, which is an interesting thing. Um, how I'm just thinking about this practically, you know, I give all my time to the company that is my sole employer. You have, you could probably, if you wanted to, you could probably work 80 hours a week delivering value for various parts of the organization of ClickUp. You're obviously not. I assume that it's some kind of a retainer structure. So you don't, you don't even need to get into that detail to the degree you don't want to, but how do you manage uh, the various asks right like how do you manage expectations on their side versus your own commitment um to not just to that role but to the other roles and functions you have in your in your life as a human being as well as a business owner who has a variety of commitments do you like how do you manage their expect because you can't honor all the requests that might come or there might three requests might come from three different teams like how do you how do you even think how do you think about that? And or how do you handle that? And or how have you structured that into your agreement with them?
1: So I'm pretty lucky when it comes to that. Yes, I am on a retainer. Don't have a problem showing that. will not share the number. Um, I am lucky in the position of deliveries. Yes, there was a time um after one of the big fundings where I'm like guys, I need to step step back a little bit. I need to take care of my business too. Um, and that was more of a conversation kind of thing because I'm also one of the person, one of the people that loves having their fingers and everything. So again, it's like, I love beta testing. I love giving feedback. I love playing with things and breaking things. So that, when that happened, where I'm like, I need to slow down a little bit, it was more of, hey guys, I know I put my fingers in a whole bunch of different buckets. I need to slow down, realizing that I committed too much. There was no pressure of having to do that. So in this relationship between my position at ClickUp and my own business, simply because I do what I do, that behind the scenes stuff as well as the public stuff is automatically already happening just by me running my business.
0: Love it. A book. Have you written a book? Have you thought about writing a book?
1: Who had the idea of writing a book about a tool while they are doing a big overhaul for their new version 3.0? Yes, I was, that was me that was me.
0: Yeah. Talk Um, about like, okay. Okay. Why? And, um, why, I guess I'll, let's just start with a high level. Why a book? hmm. Because there are a lot of ways you could say like, okay, we want to do this massive project and that thing could be a bunch of different things. Why a book?
1: Um, because it's a good marketing shtick. Let's, let's be honest. If you are not having any, smart novel or something that you know will turn into a movie or something, if you are not becoming number one best-selling author, there is no money in publishing. Right. There is no money in publishing. It's a marketing piece at this point. For people like me with the topic I'm talking about, it's a marketing piece. It's the, hey, I'm a published author. I can jump onto podcasts now. I can pitch myself on a local station. Hey, San Diego. San Diego resident wrote a book about a San Diego company. What a perfect PR campaign, right? Yeah. That's the marketing. And I know it's it's quite dry on that, but I'm also really passionate about the tool. And does it have to be a book? No, not necessarily. But the publishing house approached me and said, hey, do you want to write a book? And I said, hey, why not? Um, could it be done differently? Yes. And if anybody follows me on my newsletter, you might find out soon what in addition to the book is happening alongside. Um, but the the goal for me with this book is there is there is no basic education for ClickUp out there. It is all 15 minute videos, 30 minute videos, or it is blog posts, There is so much happening within this tool and nobody has just quick intro for complete beginners because again, there is a lot happening. It's not like, okay, turn your phone on, hit the green button, type in the number, hit the green button again. There is more to this. And interestingly enough, I had this conversation with a couple of fellow vetted consultants of mine for ClickUp. Uh, maybe a year or two ago, where I was like, do not do beginner content. Do not do the basic how to because the tool is going to change. And what am I doing now? Basic beginner how to. Um, but I also believe I am the best one to write this because I am not in the tool. I know all the ins and outs on how to do uh, how to do this tool. I am still teaching to this point a lot of major users and even team members in ClickUp where I'm like, don't use statuses like you are using them. I will not get into that, but it's it's a common best practices issue that people are doing in ClickUp that can hurt you majorly down the road. So with knowing all these intricates, I believe I'm the best one to write this book and it will give us will give everybody a resource to really have this basic of, okay, what does a task look like? What do you find where? What's that icon? What's that icon? How do I leave a comment? How do I move a task? All the way with pro tips in there that plan for, okay, you now understand the tool, here is use cases, pay attention to this. If you do this, that breaks. And taking it from the complete, I'm using the tool for the first time to here are specific use case scenarios of how you can use that with your clients or your team to give everybody a starting point.
0: Really good. So it's it's kind of greatest hits, basic ideas with some advanced moves mm-hmm. all in one place instead of go here, click this, watch this, read this, do this. Mm-hmm. It's all in one
1: and all in nice bite sized
0: pieces. Yeah, love it. Okay, high level. Someone's like, gosh, you know, I see you're an evangelist. I saw someone else was an evangelist. I'm, you know, an executive at a company in an in innovative space. Do I need an evangelist? If so, why?
1: Do you want to build brand loyalty? That would be my first question. Do you want to build brand loyalty? A brand evangelist, a well-placed brand evangelist is the best tool to build brand loyalty. You don't have to get past the emotional barriers that humans have. You don't have to get past trying to humanize your brand. That brand evangelist automatically takes care of all of that. You are... Breaking down so many potential barriers between your clientele, your target market, and your brand, it's a no-brainer. If you want to build brand loyalty.
0: Maybe you don't. Yeah, maybe you don't. Because who – I mean, that's, a, that's just kind of a nice to Um, Talk to me about well-placed. What do you mean by well-placed? Um, well-placed in the organization, well-placed in the market, well-placed, uh, I guess uh, – In the minds of the market like what what did you mean by well-placed this is a very good word i like the word choice i think i know what you mean but I, i think it also matters too
1: and it comes down to where the brand is what the market share of the brand is if you have somebody like apple just choose somebody you already have the brand recognition you're just trying to get that personal touch that humanization to it Are you, however, a company that has a good market share and wants to get more market share, you might be of way bigger advantage bringing somebody in that's not in-house because now suddenly you are taking their brand recognition and attaching that to your company. They will be potentially able to reach different markets than you are already reaching, But it also comes back down to what we talked right at the beginning of this episode of that person and that person as a human and a person needs to align with you. So especially if you are not taking somebody in-house, which is entirely possible. Best example, a go up holds. Mike Alton, to me, he is a go up holds because he is the one that was always out there. He has stepped now a little bit more behind the scenes. But to me, he is not necessarily even the the head of partnership. He is a GoUp Holds brand ambassador. It all started with him. But you see again, when you look at Mike Alton and how he grew where he is now, it was a love for the tool, for the education, for the company as a whole, for educating users, for being there and supporting them. So he naturally aligned with the brand which puts him in that unique position of to me, he is a brand evangelist, even if he doesn't have the title. So it, it means really finding the right person with the right personality. I wouldn't be good for somebody where I don't get to curse. If I get passionate, I need to behave myself and look at my language. These little variations between the human aspect and the personality that you are bringing in and your brand, you need to make sure those match up. And then again, if you have a good market share and you just want that human aspect on it, look internally. Yes, there might be salespeople that are well positioned for that if they can step away from just selling and they have an educational background, and they have a compassionate background, or maybe they are somebody in your social media department, or somebody that is even customer support, somebody that is closely connected with a tool. Or again, if you want to bring in new blood, look outside. If you have a brand ambassador program, look at that, look at your affiliates that are driving sales, and then make sure They are not just affiliate marketers. You want somebody that is driving sales because they like the tool, not just because they're spamming everybody with a coupon code.
0: Yeah, the um, spamming everyone with a coupon code really captures the spirit of the worst of, of affiliate marketing. Actually, the worst is signing up and not doing anything at all. The next worst is signing up and spamming, spamming everyone with a coupon code. I, I think the key here, like when you say alignment, I definitely appreciate your sensitivity to like personality and personality yeah. type. But the other thing that's so true about you, and it was true of me, even though I was a direct employee, um, super user of the tool. You know it. You're yeah. talking with a lot of other people who who use it you know the benefits you can speak passionately and extemporaneously in any room about the benefits of this approach and this tool and this platform um so i love i love your guidance there on looking to the people in your whole ecosystem to find that right match of uh of characteristics mm-hmm. how about for someone who is thinking about gosh could i or should i be doing evangelist work uh part time or full time like what do you think uh, I, you may already have answered it by speaking to the person who's looking for that person, but is there anything else you would say to someone who's like, gosh, you know, I didn't know I could do this. Um, there I, it's the company I work for, or I am a user, super user of this thing. And I've already been brought inside for, you know, beta testing and some of these other things. Like, um, any thoughts or advice for someone thinking about going in this direction?
1: And I think that's in in that position, the lines of brand ambassador and evangelist are becoming quite thin because you can be an evangelist for the company as a well-positioned brand ambassador. There is, it's entirely possible to be like, hey, We established, I know the tool in and out. We established, I love you guys. We established, I am completely aligned with the brand. I don't just want to be here, low level brand ambassador with everybody else. How about we do this, this, and that, and literally just um, pitch them with a couple of campaigns. And now, does on paper does it really matter if it says evangelist or brand ambassador if it matters to you go reach out to the company you pitch them just with that proposal of let's do this let's run these campaigns let's make something happen which then probably is just quote a part-time job and then ask hey by the way I'm kind of like your evangelist what do you think about that title There we go. Again, it's like with this position as an evangelist, it is so fluid. It can be anything and everything you want it to make.
0: So much good stuff here. I want to know one more fun thing from you uh, before we find out where people should go to connect with you and learn more about all the work that you're doing. Um, For all the various brands you've mentioned, primarily ClickUp and Agorapulse and your own work as as a business efficiency coach, and consultant, um, what is something that you've been accused of, or have found yourself evangelizing in the normal course of your life? An idea, a brand, a product, a service—like was like. Gosh, it. You know, I, I, I appreciate your passion about this, Evie, but you know, I wish you would stop talking about it.
1: Hmm. I am really big on it, completely out of the work scene. Actually, um, assumption perception. Um, I am really big, and it might come from me being German and having that language barrier where I realized English language has about a tenth of the words that German language has. Interesting. And how we perceive things and how many people, me included, make decisions based on assumptions. And I had a couple of people who were like can you just give me a damn answer and stop pounding this? Where it's like, I know that I react and answer to certain things based on my perception, based on my background, based on my experiences I had. So I can get quite, I'm like, just, just tell me. When I'm asking you a question, just straight up answer me. I don't want to assume. You can't hurt my feelings. I might be pouting for 10 minutes in the corner, but then my analyst and some of my people are like, Evie, can you just give me a straight answer? And just really, why do you always have to make it so difficult? Because I don't want to assume. Yeah. And I don't want to put my perception onto
0: you. Interesting. I did not even mention um, that you're a master hypnotist and master NLP practitioner. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I just got hints of it there, um, mm-hmm. but that'll be a conversation for uh, another time. Uh, in the meantime, thank you so much. I love your clarity on this. I love the um, the openness and the, and the, like, you really just created this scenario where anyone inside or outside a company can help define something that is of mutual benefit. You've been very clear about some of the characteristics we should be looking for. Um, if people want to follow up with you, follow your work, learn more about you, um, where would you send people?
1: The easiest is com. That's A-S-K-Y-V-I.com. Everything is linked there. All of my social media, the YouTube, the Instagram, all the fun stuff.
0: Awesome she is evie hyman i am ethan butte hit us up i'm ethan butte on linkedin Uh, she is at askev.com thank you so much really enjoyed this and i know folks are gonna find it useful thanks so much for having me that wraps up this episode of chief evangelist thank you for joining us and thanks to ringmaster conversational marketing for helping bring these episodes to you with any thoughts or questions about the chief evangelist role message me on linkedin I'm Ethan Butte, E-T-H-A-N-B-E-U-T-E. For show notes and more of these conversations, visit chiefevangelist.com.